0: Hello, and welcome to the Call Road Baptist Church podcast. Be sure to listen all the way through to the end of the episode for additional info on where to find more resources for past sermons, as well as how to watch us live each Sunday if you can't join us in person at our Columbus, Ohio location. Let's prepare to hear this week's sermon and listen for what God is saying to you and what He wants to do in your life.
1: All right, go ahead and find your way back to your seat. Thanks for greeting one another. Kiddos, welcome. We love having you in the gathering here. Uh, my name's Josh, and uh, it's great to gather with you here. Uh, I'm going to uh, read our sermon text, our scripture text here, and introduce our speaker. You guys probably don't know him. Uh, his name's Jeff Lashley, and uh, he's, he's new here. Um, no, but I just wanted to say one of the things I talked about with the search team when I was in the you know application process was really valuing a, a preaching team where it's not just one voice from the pulpit, and uh, and it is, that's helpful in multiple ways. It's good for the church to hear other voices, other perspectives on the text, and not just from one person. Uh, it's good for me to not preach every week. Tend to start you know scraping the bottom of the barrel after maybe like four or five weeks in a row, and so the, you know it just makes preaching better all around. And uh, Jeff had mentioned that he'd preached before, and I was excited to, to invite him to share with us uh, the, this morning for the, for the health of our church as the body uh, does what the body does in the church. So I'll read our uh, sermon text that Jeff will be uh, unpacking from John chapter 1. You can turn in your Bibles there, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and then 9 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made, and him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name I'm sorry, we're skipping that part. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth.
2: Thank you. <clears> Thank <throat> you. Um, yeah, so um, I appreciate the opportunity, as Josh said, to share in this. Uh, obviously, it's amateur hour in some ways, and I don't know uh, uh, I'll let you all decide if uh, he wants to be or you want me to be a part of any team after today, but nonetheless, I'm here. Uh, Jeff Lashley is my name, and uh, I'm proud to say I'm also known as G Daddy Lashley, and I have all six grandchildren here today. so thank you. <laughs> I would like to wish all of you a happy new year and uh, welcome you myself and those online. And uh, I asked Carrie to raise the screen since we're not gonna use it in the front. Uh, I think you should at least look at the cross once in a while. Uh, I'll be looking at it through the uh, hole in my head here, no. Uh, And also for those on the video team, you might wanna give them a break from looking at me and show the cross once in a while. So seriously, uh, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you truly for this opportunity for you to uh, speak through me today. I pray that you would help me to clearly deliver what you have put on my heart. May my words be your words. May this be your message for your people and for others that might be searching. May your spirit encourage even one to believe or to serve for your glory. That is my prayer today, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let me just say, I will not, my feelings won't be heard if you want to look back once in a while at the, at the screen, but what's back there right now are some blocks that we have on our uh, bureau at home that spell out Ohio State, okay? And I made up my mind a couple of weeks ago that I was going to entitle this sermon A Red Letter Day, and I'll explain that further. And I thought, well, a red letter day, I'll have a red sweater day. And regardless of the outcome of last night's game, I was going to wear my red sweater. But I will tell you, it was long sleeves before yesterday. I'm just saying. (laughs) So that's my first confession. Uh, Also, we are doing communion later. If you feel a need now or before communion, please confess anything that happened during the game. It's important. Okay, a red letter day. I don't know how many of you actually hear that phrase anymore, that term, but I've heard it frequently over my life and, um, you know, had a pretty good idea of what it meant. I'm guessing some of the young folks don't hear it much, but it uh, used to be a fairly common term, and definition-wise, it's a very happy or important day, any day of special significance or opportunity. It was actually an ancient term way back and uh, often used to identify special dates on the Roman calendar and other uh, special Christian documents. Anything very special was marked in red. And while the vogue thing to do in our world today is to make a resolution for the new year, I'm here to suggest that scripture, and especially the words of Jesus himself, can provide direction and a new attitude, the way, if you will, to approach each day. So why red letters? The last time I spoke, yes, you asked me back. I can't believe it. Anyway, I referenced that I had been studying the red letters or Jesus spoken words. And it is here that God led me to focus my message today. The word is full of God's plan and love for his children from cover to cover to be sure. But we'll be focusing just on a small portion of of the Bible and a small portion of the red letters um, as Jesus came in the flesh. And we'll do that for the next hour. Not really. We're going to, we should be done uh, just in time for lunch. Seriously, I plan to share how digging into the red letters of Jesus has helped me. And I suggest the red letters can help all of us have a red letter day every day. So let me give you just a couple of examples of why I believe Jesus' words. First, from John 12, he himself said to us, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. And then there's the Christmas hymn that we sang last month. Do you hear what I hear? Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace people everywhere listen to what I say. So with the understanding that the red letters are from God incarnate, the Lord himself, the word who became flesh, then I think it is appropriate to be extra diligent and to listen to what he says. And I hope I'll prove that. Let me give you a little background. Um, A year ago today, I decided to embark on a little mission. I went up to Alum Creek Dam and climbed the stairs. I climbed those stairs up and down until I reached 2022 steps. If you want to take a peek back there, give you a visual what those steps look like, okay. And that was the beginning of looking back, was a roller coaster year. So I started out with that climb and mission accomplished, I went to Facebook. And it was there that I posted my accomplishment. First hashtag, I said, new year, new journey. Second hashtag, his strength. And then I quoted Romans 8. And it was there that I said on Facebook, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So I put it out there on Facebook land, boldly and confidently. I say to nobody or everybody, bring it on 2022. So that was Saturday, January 1st, got that? Sunday, January 2nd, I'm homesick. And guess what happened on the evening of Sunday, January 2nd? I tested positive for the dreaded COVID. In and of itself, COVID wasn't bad for me. It was a very mild case. In fact, I was out walking within a couple of days um, on morning walks. However, on Monday, January 3rd, in the morning, me and a couple of family members had a very important court case in Holmes County, Ohio, 75 miles away. So Sunday night was a mad scramble, leaving voicemails and such, and back on the phone Monday morning. And... A small miracle of Jesus himself on that morning, after going in scramble mode, we were able to get the court case accomplished over the phone. All was well. So three days into the new year, the roller coaster was going full speed. Fast forward to Memorial Day weekend. On that Friday, I was experiencing some severe back pain. I decided to go to urgent care, and they tested me for a kidney stone. That was negative, so then they said, okay, here's some meds that'll take care of the pain, you'll be fine. On Monday, a rash outbroke, wo- broke out on my body. I had shingles. So, public service announcement if you're over 50, get the shingle shot. Um, actually, the outbreak itself wasn't too bad, but the pain and other things were happening to my body over the next several weeks, and I literally only slept two hours at a time almost every night for like four or five weeks, a major disruption to be sure. Also in that time, if you remember sharing with you as chair of the search team, we had hit a couple obstacles in May and June, and things started looking very fuzzy and unclear. But praise God, we had an answer to that as well. God came through for us. Pastor Josh and Camille and family started in November and all is well. However, at the end of November, I reached a low point in my life this year and really was hit hard in a valley and feeling this funk, woe is me. I realized I wasn't living the faith that I claim and that I was being a bitter man, not a better man. So I shut off the phones and Facebook and all that stuff and embarked on a journey with me and Jesus for eight hours on a Saturday. It was there that Jesus helped me recalibrate my head and recalibrate my heart. And although the <clears throat> in the valleys and the sharp and scary turns of the roller coaster, my faith was often tested. And at times, frankly, I failed miserably Looking back, I know that my study and belief in the red letters and a heart-to-heart talk with Jesus that day helped me get back on track. Thus, the Lord has led me to lead or share here today. So next, I'd like to move into the red letters themselves. And the first place I'm going to look is just an example of the first words of Jesus himself, recorded in Luke You may remember the story. Jesus is separated from his parents. When they're finally reunited, mom does what mom does, right? Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. To which Jesus replies, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? All you moms out there, how would you respond to that one? stay tuned. So those were the first words recorded. And then moving on to Jesus' own examples and statements of why he came. In John chapter 18, the message says this, Pilate said to Jesus, so are you a king or not? And Jesus answered, you tell me. Because I am king, I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. Everyone who cares for the truth who has any feeling for the truth recognizes my voice. Jesus came for truth. In another place, in Mark, when told everyone was looking for Jesus, he replied, let us go somewhere else to nearby villages so I can preach there as well. That is why I, can. I came to preach. In another place, the song, the last song that we sang today. Jesus came to walk with them. He came to talk with them. And he came to tell them that they were his own. And lastly, I suggest Jesus came because of love. Allow me to share a couple of examples about love from the red letters. In both Matthew and Mark, the word shares Jesus, when being grilled by the Pharisees, he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Most of you know the answer. He replied, love God and love others. Again, going to the message, I like how Eugene Peterson puts it. These two commands, love God and love others, are pegs. Everything's in God's law and the prophets hangs from those two pegs. My personal thoughts on Jesus' reply? We got two commands for the price of one. And I suggest you could look at it as 1A and 1B because really it's hard to love God and not love others. And let's face it, loving others is very hard to do at times without God. In Jesus' sermon about the vine and the branches... He yet again emphasizes this command and he says this this is my command love each other but not once twice in john chapter 15 verses 12 and 17 love each other and any writer will tell you if you have something important repeat it so this clearly was important and then he went on to explain in that same passage that loving others is the best way for his followers, which means you and me, to bear fruit, which is what he's calling all of us to do in this passage. And finally, under under the heading of love, probably the most well-known single verse from the Bible in all the world is John 3.16. I'll have you go ahead and look back at that. We have John 3.16 displayed there. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This shows an acrostic with the word gospel spelled vertically among the horizontal scripture from John 3.16. And Jesus said that in my Bible, it's in red letters, and he said that in response to a question from Nicodemus, the inquisitive Pharisee, right, who came to Jesus at night and asked him how he could become a part of the kingdom. And Jesus said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how can that be? So Jesus went on to explain and again read him this very familiar passage. Moving on then, Jesus clearly talks about prayer and gives examples of prayer. So he has emphasis on in prayer, both in practice and in word. Again, well known to millions, is the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him, how should we pray? Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. And then there's a prayer in John chapter 17, which I believe is the longest recorded prayer. And it's here that Jesus, in preparation for things to come, prays diligently for himself. And again, because of things to come, he prays for his disciples. And then he goes on to pray for all believers. And I believe that means Jesus on that day was praying for us. And man, is that good to hear. Moving on, the Gospels share a lot of miracles. And many of those miracles include the spoken words of Jesus, thus they're in red letters. The first one, the first miracle, John chapter 2, the wedding feast. Again, Mary pops into the scene, finds out that they're out of wine, goes to Jesus, and Jesus says, why me? But this is very interesting to me. she said to him they're out of wine he said why do you bother me and then what does mary say to the servants at the wedding she says do whatever he tells you mary learned a lot from the time he was a boy until that first miracle didn't she and of course we hear that jesus told the servants to go get jugs of water and he made wine out of water And the master of the wedding was astonished because the wedding was well along, and it appeared that they saved the best for last. In fact, he made a claim or a statement that I could hear my son-in-law use this phrase, and I think the master did too. It was the best there is. The next miracle that I wanted to just comment on is the feeding of the 5,000. I'm going to see if you're paying attention, kids. Okay, he fed 5,000 with just two fish Happy Meals, okay? Seriously, though, he went on and performed that miracle again with 4,000, and history tells us that, you know, it wasn't just 5,000 people, it was 5,000 men or 4,000 men, and then women and children as well. Amazing, of course. And the last of my highlights are Jesus' last words. Excuse me. There's one other thing. Um, Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, The last words. And I'd like to break it into pre-resurrection and post-resurrection. Pre-resurrection, Matthew and Mark both, both record the words of Jesus dying on the cross, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus had just felt the brunt of taking on the sin of the world and cried out. And then John says it this way, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Lord of the universe had finished what he came for. And then in post-resurrection, Matthew and Mark again, both record the great commission when Jesus gives his final instructions to his disciples, or his apostles and all of followers, us disciples as well, 2,000 years later, to go and make disciples. And we take that very seriously here at Cairo Baptist Church, and we are making disciples for, with our discipleship triads and regen and other things. So I've sprinted through, if you will, the highlights of the red letters For just a few moments, I'd like to move toward closing and just mention a couple of key takeaways that speak to me from Jesus' words. First, the word became flesh. Again, back to what Josh read in John chapter 1. I look at that as a living testimony of God. Jesus, of course, fulfills scripture in both his birth and his actions and his short ministry here. In fact, my commentary says in Matthew, that um, Matthew tells of Jesus fulfilling the Old Testament 12 separate times. And in my mind, Jesus also validates the Old Testament over and over again in his short ministry here. In the temptation in the wilderness, he quotes scripture a couple of times. In Matthew 12, he quotes Jonah and also references King Solomon. He quotes Isaiah 61 in his prophecy. Other prophets, Elijah and Elisha. When confronted, he speaks about David, and David going to the temple and getting food there for his troops when they were at war. Jesus speaks about Noah, Noah, and what was going on at the time of the ark was being built. And he speaks about Lot when Sodom was destroyed. These, again, I feel are validations. And then there are the I am statements. Jesus points back to the Old Testament when referencing the statement that God makes to Moses in Exodus. This is where God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Jesus repeats this several times in the New Testament. Probably the most famous and most known is From John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He repeats this again with, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd laid down his life for for his sheep. I suggest to you that you could, when you come to an I am statement in the New Testament, reread it to yourself and replace I am with he is. For example, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. Another example of Jesus in scripture actually comes after his ascension. He was already gone to heaven. But I think it just speaks to what he did while on earth and his red letters. And that's where Paul speaks to Timothy in the second, uh, second book, and he says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching or sharing us truth, showing us truth, rebuking, exposing our rebellion. <laughs> okay. Um, correcting our mistakes and training in righteousness or to live God's way. As Peterson says, these things are helping us through the word. We are put together and shaped for the task God has for us. So Jesus in the flesh gives a whole new perspective to God-breathed. Okay, the second takeaway I have is faith. For me, reading the red letters of Jesus and his emphasis on faith is something that I cannot ignore. Just a few of my favorites, Mark chapter two, the four guys can't get in to see Jesus for their friend and they lower him through the roof. You know that story. And Jesus, when he saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, sons, son, you are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Of course, there's a lot of controversy over that. And then Jesus hits him with a double whammy and says, get up and take your mat and go home. Then there's the faith of the centurion. Not a Jew at all, right? When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. And in Matthew eight ten, it says this, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. How would you like to have the Lord of the universe say that to you? And then there's one of my favorite stories from Luke And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and just touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowded and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that power has gone from me. Then the woman, seeing the presence of all the people, in the presence of all the people, told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, listen to these words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I think there's so much packed into that little message. Jesus clearly knew who touched him, right? He knew everything. But he wanted to testify to his power and his omniscience. Then there's Peter questioning Jesus' claim that somebody touched him. How could you know? There were too many people. And not only did Jesus acknowledge the faith, but he also used a term of endearment and said, daughter, how sweet is that? Similar to faith, Jesus also uses the term believe or belief many, many times. Just a couple of examples. When asked, what must we do to do the works of God? He said, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. Believe. And because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. That's us. And in contrast, there are many examples where Jesus says, you have little faith. And then he goes on to expand on consequences of unbelief and spiritual blindness. But that would be another message, another day. But one of my favorite passages is a story of faith and little faith, all wrapped up in one. Mark Matthew 14 tells us that Jesus stayed back to pray while the disciples decided to set sail on the water. Later, Jesus decides to join them and take a little stroll on the water. Not surprisingly, the disciples were terrified. And then there's that guy again. Peter calls out, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come. Jesus caught his bluff and said, come. Peter walked on water. Then the wind came, and he was frightened, and he fell in. Of course, Jesus rescued him, and then he said you of little faith. Yes, that was a rebuke, but we know that it was a rebuke in love because Jesus himself put a great deal of faith in Peter's leadership as he led the first church after his ascension. And I've said many times that I can relate to Peter, and dare I say that this story of Peter and my story of 2022 are very similar. For me, as I reflect on my bold statement a year ago today, then look back at the various challenges that came my way, there were times when the sword of the spirit was like a Nerf weapon, and my shield of faith was about as helpful as a nine-inch paper plate. But then I can go to John 16:33. That's just one example of the red letters of Jesus himself, and I'm reminded that when I am in him, I have peace. When I'm in the world, I have trouble. I'd like to close with just two challenges. Ask yourselves, is he, is Jesus your way? Is he your truth? Is he your life? Is he my bread? Is he my light? Is he my shepherd? And my final challenge is this. Remember the red letters and have a red letter day every day in 2023 and be glad and rejoice in it. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we cannot begin to appreciate your love. But you've given us your word. And as I said earlier, from cover to cover, it's your story of love. It's your story of your plan. And the New Testament gives us a new belief in your one and only Son. And Father, I just... Thank you for sending Jesus to come as truth, to come to preach, but to come in love. And Lord, I just thank you that we can draw upon your words, especially those red letters as I suggest today, and know that every day can be a great day if we're looking at you, if we're looking at your cross. And remembering what you did for us, and also, as we sang today, know that in the end, we can be happy and joyful, and sing with confidence and praise, I'll fly away. I thank you in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. We hope you found something that can be applied to your life today and into the future. You can always watch our past services or see them live on YouTube, Facebook, and our website at www.carlroadbaptist.org. That's Carl with a -A K-A-R-L roadbaptist.org. If you search YouTube or Facebook, look for Call Road Baptist Church, and don't forget to subscribe or follow us if you are watching via a service that allows that so you can stay up to date and notified when another episode is ready for you to watch or listen to. Thanks again for sharing your time with us and putting in the effort to maintain your relationship with God. Have a fantastic week, and we look forward to growing alongside you in the future with the next episode of the KRBC Podcast.